Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Monster Monday presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app. It's a new week, which means... We will have a new Spread the Word winner via social media. We will have a new sponsor confirmation email winner. You guys know what to do in terms of both of those contests. I will add that if you help spread the word about our new YouTube page, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, might get a little extra credit, if you will, this week on the Spread the Word winner. Speaking of YouTube... I can already tell right now, we haven't even done the interview yet, there are going to be some fantastic clips posted on our various social media platforms and a terrific interview in general with my buddy Booger McFarlane, former co-host in the SiriusXM NFL radio days. He is today's Big Show. The Big Show. Booger, so glad to have you on, man. I already had a bunch of stuff I wanted to talk to you about, and then the Cam Newton stuff came down last night. I got to know, what was your immediate initial reaction? Well, a lot of people have been talking and kind of uh, thinking that the Cam Newton news was going to come down to New England, uh, maybe Jacksonville if he was looking for a starting job. So that's been rumored for months. Um I got to tell you that this is a, another move that fits right into what the Patriots normally do. They're bargain shoppers. Their quarterback room right now with Stidham and Hoya doesn't have a, a lot of money into it. And now you're adding Cam Newton to the mix at a very reasonable price, more of an incentive laden deal. So this kind of fits right into what the Patriots like to do. And they're getting a guy who was an MVP in this league in 2015. So I think the risk-reward is very uh, minimal from a risk standpoint, but the reward could be extremely high if Cam Newton is healthy and he can be productive, uh, especially in the run game, which is what we know Cam for more than in the pass game. You know, I I think this is a no-brainer for the Patriots. As of when we're recording this Monday morning, we still don't know exactly how much money he's getting. It's up to $7.5 million, but it sounds like, the base deal is a lot less than that. So there's a very high reward and not a lot of risk for the Patriots. It's funny, Booger. 
I, I wrote on Twitter last night at Ross Tucker NFL. I'm fascinated to see how Belichick and McDaniels use him because I don't think he's a great fit for what they obviously have been doing with Brady. Correct. But I don't think it's a total mortal 100% lock that he's the starting quarterback. Am I crazy? No, you're not crazy because to me, this all depends on what kind of offense they want to run. You know, Josh McDaniels has been more of a traditional offensive coordinator uh, with Tom Brady. Yes, he did draft Tim Tebow, but the, the whole Tim Tebow experiment didn't work well, mainly because Tim Tebow couldn't throw the ball and he was very inaccurate. Now, Josh tried to manufacture some run game, but that was successful on a limited basis. So now, are you willing to scrap and change who you are to morph into this world of RPOs and, and, and quarterback options and quarterback powers and run game. I want to know if Josh McDaniel is ready to morph into their world, because if he is, you're going to have to change everything. Think about what they did in Baltimore. You have to change the entire offense. When you go from Joe Flacco to Lamar Jackson, you have to change the backup quarterback just in case the starting quarterback gets hurt. And so this all depends on what they want to do. But make no mistake about it, you can't run the same offense, in my opinion, for Jared Stidham and Hoyer that you can for Cam Newton. Those are two entirely different skill sets. And if you want to be successful, then I think Josh McDaniel is going to have to morph into the world that we've seen with Lamar Jackson, the RPOs, the half-field reads. Hey, Cam, it's either there or you take off running. Yeah, and I, and I guess here would be my point, Booker. I think he's going to start, right? But – I'll submit to you some reasons why maybe he he might not. Number one, obviously all of the health issues he's had, the shoulder, the foot, you know, if he's not healthy and not playing at a high level, I don't think that they would start him. Right. But then even more than that, think about like the Carolina Panthers could have had him this year for 18 million. They chose to just cut him. I mean, zero million guaranteed. I mean, they they could have had him as a starting quarterback instead. They chose to give Teddy Bridgewater more than $20 million guaranteed. Ron Rivera didn't really try to get him in Washington. But then even if you just get to New England, I feel like if they're looking at it over the next five, ten years, it's really in their best interest if Stidham's good. Like if Stidham ends up being the starter, that's great for New England. And everybody's just killing me on Twitter when I said this, but – there's a lot of guys. I mean, I think about Tory Holt, Reggie Wayne, John Lynch, Albert Hainsworth, Joey Galloway, Chad. There's a lot of guys that go to New England, and it's like, oh, they got this guy. That, and then, like, nothing happens. Exactly. Or Peter's out. Not only that, it's like people forget there was once the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL named Drew Bledsoe and a six-round pick nobody heard of named Tom Brady beat him out. I just – I think – if it's close, I actually think they might lean Stidham if it's close. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's an interesting point that you bring up. It, it's it's really no guarantee, and it, it doesn't sound like there's any guaranteed money. So, I mean, let's just say Cam Newton comes in, and, and Cam Newton may be the starter to start the season off. But let's say he's not playing well, and you move on to Stidham, and they have to cut Cam Newton. Then you're probably only going to be out $2 million. So this really is no risk at all for the Patriots. To me, this is all about the upside. Where could it go? And again, Cam Newton has passed his physical, but have we seen him on a football field? Have we seen him make 
unscripted moves? Have we seen him take hits? Let's not forget, it's a foot and a shoulder. And if you told me that Cam Newton is not going to run the football and not going to be that physically imposing specimen that we've seen, I would tell you I don't want it. Because I don't see a guy that can that can become a drop-back passer. And everybody's going to go back to 20, what, 2018 with North Turner. Cam Newton completed 68% of his passes. Hey, st- stats lie sometimes. Those were a lot of check-down passes. If you go back and you look at his completion percentage, 15 to 20 yards down the field, it was still in line with where he's been his entire career, which is a 50 to 55% passer. And that just doesn't cut it in an NFL where most quarterbacks are around 65, 68% completion percentage. Well, one way or the other, it's going to be really, really interesting to see what happens uh, with Cam Newton in New England. Uh, You know, every aspect of it is absolutely fascinating. Um, I did want to mention this one thing, because you and I talked a couple weeks ago, and I had, you know, I tweeted that yesterday. I think my exact tweet was, can't wait to see, uh, fascinated to see how McDaniels and Belichick use Cam. Just not sure. It's I don't think it's a lock that he's the starter. I think he'll probably be the starter. But I don't think it's a lock because of what we've seen from New England over the years. I actually had multiple people, Booger, and I'm telling you this because of our relationship. Multiple people say that that comment was racist. And I know we got a lot of other stuff going on in the world right now, but I just wanted to get your reaction to that because it like it hurts my heart on multiple levels when I just have a football comment like that and I get a reaction like that. Well, Ross, I, I think it's a highly sensitive time in this country. I, I think with everything that's going on with the Black Lives Matter movement, with everything that happened with Drew Brees as it pertains to the NFL, with what happened with George Floyd in Minneapolis, there's no conversation in America that you can get in right now where some form or some facet isn't touched by race. So, you know, when you get on social media and you get on different platforms and something as simple as a football comment uh, is is turned to that, turned toward uh, the color of your skin, you can only hope and pray that the people who normally follow you, the people who know you, understand what you talk about, understand who you are, kind of like I do. You and I have been discussing football for years. And I, I just think it's a very, very sensitive time in our country. doesn't make it right or wrong based on some of the things that are happening. It's just there's a high, a, a high level of emotional and sensitive thought processes that are going on in this country right now. And so I, I just think I would chalk it up to that. Yeah, I guess from my perspective, what always concerns me there is when someone makes an allegation like that, it was just like two people on Twitter, whatever, right? right? Two or three people. Right. But when you when you say racism when it's not there, to me, it it diminishes and waters down all of the examples when there is racism, when racism is happening. Because if you say it from my comment about Stidham versus Cam Newton that had no thought about skin color at all. It's more right. just based on Patriots history. I think when you say it then, it's like it will conf- it will confuse the issues for a lot of other people if you say everything is racism, even when something's just an innocuous football comment. Well, what I would add to that is, is that I, I think, you know, something as, as 
blatant as coming out and, and using Stidham versus Cam, I think people, most people in this country are smart enough to decipher the difference, right? Somebody says this is racism. I have to be able to sit, step back, take a look at it, and decide for myself what it is. So I, I don't know if it blurs the lines or convolutes the message, so to speak. What I think it does is just makes everybody take a second look. And 99.9% .9 of the people are going to look at it. That's not racism and move on. So uh, to me, there's nothing wrong with bringing attention to something where somebody can take a second look. But as I said, 99.9% of the people are going to look at it and be like, that dude, that's not racism and, and move on. And I think when you're at a point now over the last six weeks where our levels of skepticism are very high, um, everything is going to get a second look. Everything is going to get a raised eyebrow. And I think most people, uh, black, white, and indifferent, are doing that. And I think most of the smart people are taking a look at it and understanding what is and what isn't. But I don't think there's anything wrong. Now, if somebody continues to beat the drum over and over and point it out numerous times and numerous times it's not, then I would agree with your point that it convolutes the message. But overall, I don't, I don't think it does in a one-time instance. And uh, let's, let's not forget, you're dealing with a couple knuckleheads too on Twitter. So some of these, some of these, some of these social media warriors, man, you got to kind of talk them up and, and, and not pay much attention to them. You know, it's funny, Booger. I mentioned on this show a couple weeks ago that you had called me and we had a long talk and that I thought it was awesome and that I wish everyone could have listened. I wouldn't feel comfortable asking in a public setting whether they were my questions personally or things I've heard other people say or other white people ask. And I wanted to get your opinion on it and you called me to get my opinion on things, I would never obviously divulge any of the details of the conversation. I guess my question would be, why did you call me? You know, for, for our listeners, on the, like, what, why did you call me a couple weeks ago? Well, because, A, I respect your opinion, and you and I have had so many conversations about a lot of different things, uh, some silly, some very important, some emotional, and I respect your opinion. And I know exactly what the type of person you are. Uh, you're smart, you're educated, you're thoughtful. But more importantly, I know you're a good person. And so I wanted to call you just, be, just to get your perspective. And the reason you and I work so well together on the radio is because rarely did we ever subscribe to the same theory uh, along the same path. We may have agreed, but we got there in different ways. And so you've always had a very diverse opinion when it came to a lot of different topics. So it's never a bad thing in life to get different perspectives, especially when you're dealing with something as complex and important as race, something as important as our country and how we view each other. And we came from a place that by and large is majority black. And that's the locker room. And we dealt with everyone in there and nobody ever mentioned the word color. I'm not going to say never, but there were very, very few instances that I can remember in my 25 years of playing football on a number of levels where I ever heard the words blacks and whites. It was all about the team and all about how can we win. So long story short, Tuck, man, when all this was going on, I wanted to call uh, people that I respect, people that um, I think are smart and people that can make me smarter on a number of different levels. So I called you. Don't let that go to your head. Your head's already big enough. <laughs> 
Uh, but I do respect your opinion, even though sometimes I rarely, rarely agree with it. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I mentioned this on the show. I really wish everyone could have heard that conversation. And yet I wouldn't even feel comfortable doing that with you here and then putting it out there right. because I feel like people that don't know me as well as you do or vice versa right. might take some of my questions or comments the wrong way or out of context. I think that's, I don't think that's progress. I think progress is understanding and listening to the questions and that's how we get somewhere. But anyway, um, I also want to get your thoughts. Speaking of learning, I, I felt like I learned quite a bit the last couple of years from you this past year in particular on Monday Night Football. I know that the uh, the news has come out that you won't be the color analyst again this year. The only question I guess I have about it, I don't even think I, I've asked you this personally, is when you look back on the last two years, including this past year, do you look at it and say, man, that was a dream come true, that was awesome, or man, it was a bummer that, you know, social media people, you know, went at me or whatever. I mean, I'm just curious, like, what's what if I said, what was it like being a Monday Night Football guy? What's your one answer to that question? It was fun, man. You know, it, it, it's the it's the one time to since I retired where you get that feeling. And here's the feeling I'm going to talk about. <laughs> when you stand in that tunnel and, and you know they're about to announce starting at left guard or center, or you started at probably every spot, Ross Tucker, and you run out of the tunnel and you got 70,000 people looking at you, cheering at, cheering for you for those three or four seconds, or for you more like six or seven seconds that it took you to run out of the tunnel. <laughs> that feeling when you come on the air and it's Monday Night Football, and I'm pretty sure all the guys who have the standalone games at the top networks have this feeling because you're the only game on. You're the only show in town, and you get an opportunity to talk football to millions of people. And so for me, it was fun uh, on, on the number of roles, whether it be the Boogamobile, where we tried to be very innovative with the sideline card, to being the color analyst last year. It was fun to get a chance to talk football to millions of people and to listen to the differing opinions about how you saw the game is always going to be fun. I got into this industry to talk football, and I've done it on a number of plat platforms, radio, studio analyst, color analyst. Either way, when it's all said and done, for me, it's still talking football. So the platform may change, the the look may change, but in the end, I'm still going to be doing the same thing that I did on Monday night, which is talking football. So it's, it was fun on that platform, but I'm looking forward to just a different platform to do the same thing, and that's talk ball. Well, and you reside in Tampa, where there is full-blown Brady mania going on, it seems like. What, what's yeah. been like down there? I mean, it's crazy. Like, even following, like, Rick Stroud on Twitter, it's like, Brady will be at Berkeley Prep again working out with the team. Like, I mean, it, it's like paparazzi. It's like TMZ, no matter where he goes. I mean – I wouldn't want that to be out that like where, where I'm getting together with the guys. Are there like thousands of people over at Berkeley prep trying to get on? I mean, what's going on down there? 
Well, so I, I, I got a lot of intimate knowledge about this. My daughter goes to Berkeley Prep, and she, she goes to summer school there. Not summer school, but summer camp there. And so I go to drop her off at summer camp, starts at 9 o'clock. Well, those guys are done by 9 o'clock because that field that they're on is the main field right there at Berkeley Prep. And every mom and dad or grandparent that's dropping their kids off would have to go right by that field. So they're done by like 8.30, 8.45 a.m., like, like they're gone. Um, Berkeley's private. There's only one gate in. There's a guard at the gate. So anybody that's coming in there has to go through the guard. And you have to have a sticker on your car. So, so nobody's just dropping by there. That's why Fox News is flying helicopters over so they can get a look. Um, and I kind of scolded the guy, Kevin O'Donnell, on Twitter. I'm like, listen, guy, you act like we've never had stars in this town before. Derek Jeter did spring training in Tampa for six weeks. He's, he's arguably a top five star of all time in baseball. Okay, we've had Hall of Famers in football, but it just goes to show you how starved this town has been for the star quarterback. They've never had one. They've never had the guy that you that that has been that perennial all pro, that champion, that Hall of Fame type quarterback. And they are going crazy in this town, man. I mean, people get a glimpse early on before Fox 13 put the helicopter in the air. You had Rick Stroud and some of his people. They were in the bushes shooting pictures. And I'm like. We are on a whole different level, all to the, to get a glimpse of the greatest quarterback of all time, and and I just think that the the excitement of what could be is driving this town. Obviously, there are no sports right now, and sports are trying to get started back up. But you and I both know football is king, and there is a chance, there's a glimmer, there's an inclination in a lot of people's mind that if the cards fall right, Tampa could be in the Super Bowl. I don't think that's far fetched offensively, I think they're going to be really good. My concern about them is going to be defensively, particularly in the secondary, can they generate enough pass rush? But as far as Tom Brady is concerned, it is utter excitement and the anticipation is at an all-time level, my friend. He is one of the voices of ESPN football. As you can hear, uh, he is very, very good at what he does, always has been. Some of the my most favorite times in the industry have been doing radio shows. I don't know why. Literally, Booger, I still get people that'll tweet me or email me and say, you and Booger were awesome on Twitter. That, that was like four years ago at this point. But people still bring it up. You got to check him out on Twitter, at ESPN Booger. Does an awesome job. Really appreciate the time, buddy. Thanks so much for coming on. Anytime, Tug. Just let me know, man. And by the way, uh, I'm kind of digging the beard. It makes you look more studious and more Ivy League. You, yeah, you know what? You like that? I don't know. For some reason, it makes me look thinner in my mind. No, I want no, to say this. No, I go back and I look at uh, I go back and I look at me without a beard. I I can't stand it. I I think I look terrible now without the beard. You also have changed a lot. Since we did the show together, I mean, you dropped like fifty pounds. Yeah, overall, man, I, I just stopped eating fried chicken and, and uh, golden Oreos at night. That's all I did, you know. <laughs> and once that happened, I was in good shape. No, you're also, I hear, like a Peloton star. Well, I, I love the Peloton because, as you know, when you get older, you can't go out there and run the one tens and gassers. So uh, I had a little knee procedure. I had to get my knee scoped about a year ago and get some stuff cleaned out. And the doc was like, "Hey, man." What exactly are you running for? Is there something I don't know about? Or who are you running from? I was like, no one. Just trying to stay in shape. He's like, dude, I don't know what you're going to do, 
but stop running. He said, so for the next two weeks, you need to get on a stationary bike. I'm like, listen, brothers don't ride stationary bikes. He, just started, <laughs> he, he was dying laughing. And he was like, all seriousness, get you a Peloton and check it out. He said, it's a great piece of a cardio equipment. Uh, I have one. Dude, I got one. And my first ride was July the 6th. And so here it is, what, June the 28th, 29th, you and I are talking. And I've done 255 rides since July the 6th. It's, the, it's my best friend. Wow. Well, I see you go against PFT commenter and just absolutely dominate. So I love it. Thanks so much for coming on, buddy. You're the best. Anytime. Take it easy, bud. Speaking of the best, the last few months have taught us what's important in life. It's also taught us what we need to eliminate or change. It's the same thing for your business. What are the changes you need to make? All you need really is to check out NetSuite by Oracle. It's the world's number one cloud business system. Here's the deal. Finance, HR, inventory, e-commerce, everything you need all in one place so you save time, money, and headaches. Join the over 20,000 companies who trust NetSuite to go faster with confidence. Receive your free guide, seven actions businesses need to take now, and schedule your free product tour at netsuite.com slash Tucker. Get your free guide and schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com slash Tucker. How about this, by the way? Free guide and free product tour. For those of you that want to enter the sponsor confirmation email contest, how about free and free? NetSuite.com slash Tucker. Tuck's Takes. Hey, Ross. So let's start today. Any additional thoughts that you have on Cam Newton signing in New England with the Patriots? I mean, we got into most of it, Bri. I, I guess I, you know, I made the points about Carolina not wanting him back, the Redskins, and just the Patriots' history. You think about, I mean, Jeff Howe, who covers the Patriots for the Athletic, Mike Reese, they've said it'll be a competition. I think Cam Newton is going to be their starting quarterback week one. I just don't think it's 100%. I don't know if it's 95%, 75%, or what. But I think if you if you put all the pieces together, I think the Patriots are still going to give Jarrett Sidham a chance because Belichick's never thinking about just this year. He's thinking about future years as well, and his moves over the years have indicated that. Well, then there's the other Patriots news that came out last night. The organization is going to be fined $1.1 million. They're going to lose a third-round pick and lose access for their television crew for the entire 2020 season as a result of the filming of the Bengals sideline back in December. Right, which basically means on some level that the NFL thinks that the Patriots cheated again, right? I mean, they, they would not have lost a third-round pick and gotten fined over a million bucks if it was, like, absolved of any wrongdoing. There's no way. They wouldn't have done that. That's, that's a pretty harsh punishment, over a million bucks, third-round pick. So they clearly think that the Patriots were doing something wrong again. And I've been pretty consistent on this over the years, from my perspective, just really disappointing. Really disappointing. Because every time 
they have another punishment like this, it allows people to call into question their accomplishments and maybe rightfully so, and it diminishes in some people's mind the legacies of guys I have a lot of respect for, the Willie McGinnis and Brady and Brewski and Richard Seymour. I've talked about a bunch on the show. So it's highly, highly disappointing that they would once again do something that the NFL deemed inappropriate in this instance. The other thing, Brian, that's just kind of hilarious about it is the fact that this news comes out within 30 minutes after the Cam Newton news breaks. So what I think is comical, and I like to try to take you guys behind the curtain here, this was not a coincidence. The NFL evidently must have given the Patriots a heads up that they were going to issue this discipline at some point, or maybe they said we're going to issue it Sunday night. And the NF and the Patriots said, okay, let us just announce that we're signing Cam before it, please. Or maybe they knew this punishment was coming down the line and they said, can we, can we be the ones that release the news? And can we do it at a specific time? What they're trying to do is have it in the news cycle as little as possible. And the primary conversation today is all about the fact that the Patriots signed Cam Newton. Listen, Booger and I didn't even talk about the video thing. We didn't even talk about the punishment because it's not as interesting, it's not as noteworthy or whatever as the Patriots signing Cam Newton. So their plan worked. Now I'm still mentioning it because it's still major NFL news, but on some level, their strategy, their plan worked. What I find interesting is that either the NFL or Cam Newton or both were in on it. We're, 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 we're in on the timing these two things at the same time. Takes. Some other news for today, the 49ers signing both of their first-round picks to contracts. Former Niner Mike Person retiring after nine seasons, and one of your former O-line coaches, Joe Bugle, passed away at the age of 80. Niners signing both first-round picks is interesting just from the perspective that not a lot of first-round picks have signed, not a lot of draft picks, period, have signed. So the Niners getting that done, getting that out of the way, is noteworthy in that way. I actually thought Mike Person would have been a darn good pickup for some teams out there. Started a whole year at center for the Falcons, I think 2016, maybe 2017. Started for the Niners 30 games the last couple of years. I mean, the guy just started in the Super Bowl, Bry, in February. And then they cut him this offseason. Now he's retiring. I don't know. It sounds like his body is pretty beat up. So maybe that's a major factor, but I would have thought there'd be a, a few teams that would have signed him for at least the minimum this year to have a, an experienced backup inside guy, which was kind of my, my role for most of my time in the NFL, including my last year as a player, which was 2007 with the Washington Redskins with Joe Bugle as my offensive line coach, uh, rest in peace to coach Bugle out of my nine offensive line coaches in the league, Bri, he had the most swag, man. I mean, the guy just walked around. He had swag. He oozed toughness. Uh, and this is, I think, before swag was even a word. He had swag. And offensive line coaches don't usually have swag. 
He had some serious, serious swag. He was awesome. Plus, he preached physicality and how important it was, the body blows, and being as physical as you could, hitting them as hard as you could every time. That was very important to him, and he really believed that those were body blows that took effect and had an impact over the course of the game. I will miss him. You know, I got hurt that year in preseason, so I really was only with him for the offseason and training camp. Uh, but even in that short time, really grew to appreciate his approach very, very much. Awesome, awesome guy. That'll do it, by the way, for a Monster Monday edition of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure you check out the Booger McFarland interview on YouTube if you'd like. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Shoutouts to Pizza Boy Brewing, DynastyFreaks.com. Who else wants to be one of the I Think We're Done Here members of Patreon.com slash RT Media to get a shout-out for your business at the end of every single show? I think you'll also really enjoy today's College Draft Podcast with Brian Spillbeller of Tracking Football. A lot of conversation about the importance of playing multiple sports, as well as the verified track and field data from high school. Believe it or not, NFL teams contract with these guys to get that data. So I think you'll find it very interesting. Check out College Draft Podcast, wherever podcasts are found, or on the new YouTube page, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL as well. Other than that, I think we are done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.